pros to the amateur ranks, Stanley Cup to World Cup, there's not a game he won't discuss. TSN 1260 presents All Sports Weekend with Mark Majot. Text us at 101260. Email Sports Weekend at tsn1260.ca or call 2 o'clock. This is All Sports Weekend. Now, Mark Michaud might talk about any sport, but we got like three things I know, and really only one. No, I'm teasing. We're going to talk about hockey, about the football, about the Olympics, about the Edmonton prospects, about the FC Edmonton, about the CFL. We're going to, and whatever Hernan thinks of. And that's like a lot of stuff. So, you can reach us at 101260 via text at low tide or Hernan Daman, D-A-M-A-N, on Twitter. And yeah, we're going to talk about Rio and and all the stuff, all the things. We begin by saying hello to Hernan. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Ten medals. Yes. Lordy. And they, I think their goal was 19 prior yep. to the Olympics, so... What's your highlight so far? Oh, it's got to be Penny Alexia. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know why? Because the, let's be honest, no one knew who she was right. before the Olympics. And for her to, you know, come out in two bronze, one silver, one gold, it's absolutely amazing. I remember reading that they, they thought they could get like a couple of medals out of the pool. Mm-hmm. And they've just got, they're fire. I think they have six. Yeah. And the right from the start, the way they won them, like it's almost, you, you kind of feel like, the, the electricity started with the early uh, metal, and then Alexiak sort of just, you know, bolted from there, like the confidence in the, and, and in the moment. And, and I have to say that it's, it's been uh, – Tewksbury was fire in the studio. Yes, like, he was. I, I thought he was going to actually jump <laughs> through the, the, the paint glass win- – the, the, the window behind him and just run, you know. I mean, just run over to the pool, jump in. It's pretty exciting stuff. I, I really enjoyed that. And, and – uh, you know, proud to be a Canadian always, but certainly uh, during the impressive week one and, of the Olympics. And what a future for a woman oh. swimming, eh? Yeah, but, and it, you know, because she's so young, we'll be able to watch her for many Olympics yeah. into the future. So do we want to talk about Hope Solo? I didn't in the first uh, year. Mm, you know, I, because just, I don't think it's fair to, 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 to frame an entire team or nation no. with one individual and what they're saying. She's just a, like, for me, it's just, you know, poor sports or loser. Like yeah. in soccer, it's strategy. Al. When the team's that much better than the other team. Yeah. And you get a lead, you're going to sit back because hey, I, it's I, the easy, it's the easy strategy to do. But if they go toe to toe with the Americans, the Americans probably win. I watched, uh, I watched the Netherlands in the world cup in the final. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it live and well, you know, on television. Uh, Michael Phelps, a great story though. I mean, he's uh, 500 years old and he's still winning medals. Good for him. And, and really, you know, in terms of the, the, the Olympic story of Rio, uh, I think they're, you know, when, when we're all done this, this particular Olympics, we've got another week to go. So we'll have other stories, but uh, Rosie, 
and and Penny Alexiak, uh, the entire group in the pool, Kia Nurse, uh, the 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 soccer story, which is still being written. Wow. Every time, you know, every time they team Canada beats a good team, a great team, they got to beat another great team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but to be the best, you got to beat the best. Right I guess now? so. But this feels like, you know, early, early, early on in the program uh, that has become the Canadian national women's team in soccer, they played a Commonwealth a couple times and we sort of were introduced to them and they were interesting and they had big moments here and and it was a build and and so i feel like in a lot of ways and i'm sure all of canada feels this way but there's a connection to that team because we we've seen them on our our terra firma right and and for them to be where they are now and so close it's an amazing story and and it takes forever to build a program and they did it and they should be very proud of themselves um oh I did mention this a couple of hours ago, but I want to talk to you about it. Eskimos won, but how, after their victory, how confident are you in this team? Like, how do you, do you feel like this is a team? I, like, I don't think playoffs are in doubt, but they need to get healthy and they need to get protection for their quarterback. Yeah. You know, I, after the game Thursday, Maddie Wanick was here and we were talking about it and he thinks they're trending upwards. I, I don't feel. I think they played a team that's weaker than them, and that's why they were able to pull out the win. The defense is getting better, Al. But for me, it's more of the other teams missing plays than the defense. Yeah. They have gotten better now. The offense, for some reason, they've they've kind of you can't say taking a step back because they're still putting up the yardage. But Riley's deep ball struggling, and the uh, yes. O line is struggling right now. Even with Sorensen back last game, Riley took some vicious hits. I feel like Winnipeg is is a team that's trending. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like, and I and I and I feel like BC is better this year. Uh, by the way, Calgary plays Saskatchewan tonight. I I think we all think Calgary will win that. And then the second game, though, that's going to be interesting because Hamilton finally has their quarterback back, and BC is a good team. That's going to be an interesting late game as well in the uh, Canadian Football League. We will be talking to uh, Lowell Ulrich from TSN ten forty about the Lions. That's in hour number two. Jimmy Morrison from the Edmonton Prospects will talk about the the big game tonight, the big win, series win over Medicine Hat, and about in a, in a way, you know, just because you play in in a town that that you have to go through ups and downs and highs and lows and great glory uh, in order to to make to build a relationship, and I think that's what's happening with the Prospects right now. This is a this is a team that's been around a little while, and they built from their first year was was really frustrating uh, i mean not hey not just for the fans but for management too i know a little bit about the background of and and, and uh i can tell you that 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 they've always wanted to build a great product and have people come and enjoy baseball and there was always great work being done but the results weren't there early and that's frustrating and so for me as a fan to see this entire thing turn as it has it's pretty cool We'll talk to Morrison about that. Drew Mandel will join us from Illegal Curve to talk about the JETS Jets as well on the show. Hey, Al, just a quick uh, tidbit. While you're watching the game today with uh, Mrs. Low Tide. Uh, you mean the uh, Rough Riders? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Matthew Ma- Iwanek and Lieutenant Eric will be in the stadium watching the game. So look oh. out for them. Yeah. So. We'll just watch for where security is standing. <laughs> yeah. So those guys, what do they fly around or what do they? No, how they, do they they did a road trip with uh, Rai Mai from the Bear as well. And they all went down to watch the Saskatchewan Rough Riders game. 
that I'll tell you, those fans travel. They oh, yeah. really do. <laughs> How many hours is that? That's like I've been there a million. It's six hours to the hat, and it's probably another. It's probably another five. It's just, it's a long way. Long ways. Eh? I can't count that high, but it's a lot. It's more than ten fingers. And but toes. they left yesterday afternoon. Okay, so yeah. they probably portaged or something. You know, <laughs> stayed at the Outlook Hotel. You you know, I, because I grew up there, I know most of the small towns of Saskatchewan. Even that, somebody else, I'll say, "Where are you from?" and it'll be somewhere I've never heard of. Yeah, you know, and I've I've already seen some pictures on um, social media from Lieutenant Eric's uh, profile, and it looks like they're having a hell of a time, Al. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm sure with all the freshy and stuff that they're having, it's all good. Uh, EPL, were you happy with the first week of the premiership? Uh it's you know it's it's typical of the first week. There's uh, some upsets, uh, some big games still tomorrow. Liverpool at Arsenal and Man U taking on Bournemouth. So. Interesting to see what's going to happen tomorrow. And then I think Chelsea's on Monday versus West Ham. So, hey, it's, you know, it's typical first week. A bit of upsets, a lot of draws. So we'll see what happens these next two days. Okay. Uh, help me with this because it looks like Middlesbrough, Burnley, are those the two new teams or was Burnley in last year? Oh, the two new teams are uh, Burnley's one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm just pulling it up here. I it, think it must be Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's the other one. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Middlesbrough tied today. Burnley lost to Swansea. Oh, yeah. And Hall City. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The team that beat the champs yeah. from last year today. <laughs> and they had, like, no guys. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know? They had Arvid from the candy counter, and he was in goal, and they win the damn thing. <laughs> and your Spurs tied. Uh-huh. You know, I was mad as hell yelling at the TV, and they came back, and and uh, that was a pretty physical game, I have to say. You know, the 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 soccer men seemed like they were – you know, had a lot of nervous twitches getting out there, and they were, they were maybe a little more aggressive than you would think. The Eagles have lost everybody. Um, Lane Johnson suspended. Carson Wentz, the future, the golden boy, he's hurt now. You know, hairline fracture of something. I think the ribs, something. So anyway, he's out for the preseason. Not that it matters. Maybe that'll be better. Was it on your show that you had a, a writer from Philadelphia saying yeah. that they're going to go with Bradford yeah. still and like yeah. Wentz is going to sit the whole to, year out as the backup? Yeah, to, yeah. There, there's there, the process is, that's the idea. But I can tell you, as an Eagles fan or as an Oilers fan or basically any team I cheer for, by week three, they're playing. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, the, it's like I got a buddy who's like, they're going to send Paul Yarvey back to Finland. I'm like, no, they're not. Pugliarvi will be opening night, second line, power play. He'll probably score. People will go nuts, and that'll be – he's never never going anywhere. No. That's just the oiler way, you know? That's just the way it is. But in terms of the Eagles, I think it's – it's 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 good in theory to sit him let him you know learn the system yeah. and, oh, yeah. and see what the NFL is all about. But like you said, Bradford's probably going to get hurt in game two. And sure, well, Bradford is. I mean, I think I, I think there's three bobby pins and some haywire keeping them together. <laughs> Typical NFL quarterback. And uh, so now, are you? Do you have an NFL team? Are you? Yes, big? I'm a Niners fan. Oh God, we've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, what to expect this year. I'm not much. Just looking at their schedule, I still ha- I was telling uh, Mejou this. I've looked through their whole schedule, and I can't find one game where I'm like, okay, they'll win that one. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know what to expect from the Eagles because the the it's a weird division, Hernan. It, it is. It, it, the the it, Like, every team in the Eagles division is like porridge. They're like, eh, eh. You know, like that, 
like who's the greatest quarterback in that division? You probably have Eli Manning. Yeah, which is like yeah. porridge. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, there's there's you know, like. I think the Eagles could go six and ten, but I also think they could go nine and seven and win the division. Like I don't think it's that great a division. But that division could be like the the one from last year when uh, Carolina, when they're all like I think a team got in with a eight or seven wins. Yeah. Like this right now, just looking at it, it's true. Who do you pick one through four? I don't yeah. know. Like and and you know Carson Wentz is hurt. Okay, now the one thing about Lane Johnson being hurt that does impact because oh, yeah. you know <clears throat> it doesn't matter if they cover for him early injuries whatever 10 games damn it that's a lot right like that's 67 percent of the season and and that's twice that guy's gotten suspended too so you know you can't those draft picks are so important and and you know we're always worried about injuries but that was a self-inflicted one so so there is that uh okay a couple other things here where are we here I had one other thing that I wanted to mention, Hernan. Do you think I can find it? <laughs> oh, the Jays won. That's the right. Jays the Jays won, won, yes. And how are you feeling about the six-man rotation? <clears throat> you know what? They're, they're still in this. I, I'd i prefer a five, to be honest with you. And yeah. just, it, for me, it's simple. You have your top three, Hap, Sanchez, and uh, who am I missing? Uh, and Estrada, Stroman's right. your fourth. And then it's either Dickey or the guy they picked up from well, uh, Pittsburgh. But, see, but why? You don't need Dickey and the, and the no. new guy going. No, you don't. And also, Dickey, I don't think you can bring him in out of the bullpen. I just don't think it works because those guys are no. freaky. So I think it's, I think you've got a great veteran that you brought in. Pitch him in middle relief. Make sure he gets his innings in. Keep your five-man rotation because, you know, they can still win this division, yeah. which is great. They looks to me like they're pretty much assured of making the playoffs. So now it's a matter of making sure everybody's healthy. Five-man rotation. But we'll wait on it. All right. It's 2-14. This is All Sports Weekend on TSN 1260. On the way, Drew Mindell from Illegal Curve. We're talking Jets next on TSN 1260. You're listening to All Sports Weekend with Mark Majot on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. It's 2.20. This is All Sports Weekend on TSN 1260. Alan Mitchell for Mark Majot, who's uh, taking some unnecessary time off to drink uh, water with lemon in it at a wedding tonight. So reception and everything now is he the mc for crying out loud he has to be the mc you know what i don't know i know he's part of the wedding party um i know they were riding in on motorcycles i don't know if mark was because he has no experience in that well he'll just be in the baby seat on the back he was not emceeing but he had to do a speech i think okay yeah when my when i was a kid my dad had a motorbike with uh, it was a police bike and then there was a sidecar did <laughs> yeah. you ever see the side yeah, oh yeah, yeah yeah those were pretty cool uh by the way this by amanda stein uh from tsn 690 uh canadian ladies again bronze medal in cycle uh cycling track team pursuit 11th medal in rio i mean you talk about like you know solo dash by the ladies they're getting out to a good start here and the men will help finish, I'm sure, to and, get to 20. And this just came coming down to Martin Del Potro defeats Rafael Nadal and will play Andy Murray wow. for the gold medal. Yeah. That's huge. That is massive. All right. We are now joined by Drew Mendel from Illegal Curve. How are you, sir? 
I'm well, Alan. How are you? I love your blog, by the way. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I, I have to say that that uh, I'm very pleased that Winnipeg has hockey again. And among those reasons is this fantastic uh, blog that you have. Uh, yeah, we uh, we appreciate those kind words. Uh, I loved, uh, my colleagues and I, we uh, we take pride in the work we do. So whether it's uh, the website or, or the radio show, you know, it's... Uh, it's certainly been a, a hell of an adventure since the Jets have come back. So, uh, yeah, might as well keep it going. <laughs> now, there's lots to talk about in Winnipeg, unlike Edmonton, where nothing's really happening. Uh, where are we with Jacob Truba? We are in a holding pattern with Jacob Truba. I mean, both sides, I think, have uh, sort of uh, made their most recent pitches. And right now, there's, you know, it's August 13th or whatever day it is in the hockey world. Well, everywhere but Denver, I guess, is uh, pretty silent right now. So, I'm fairly confident they're not really negotiating too heavily at the moment because there's really no pressing issue to do so. So I think that they're going to, both sides are going to probably take some time off and uh, they'll start to revisit this and get back at it uh, towards the end of the month or uh, the start of training camp. Of course, Jacob Truba on the Young Stars team for uh, the World Cup of Hockey. So he'll be participating in that event. And, you know, right now there is just no uh, overwhelmingly, there's no overwhelming, you know, uh, reason to be in deep in negotiations at this point. Uh, Trip is a, a guy I like to drill down on the, the underlying numbers, and he really is good. The problem is the rumored amount that he's asking for is atrocious or, or just, it's just, you know, I, I think it wouldn't matter what city he was in. It seems as though it's very, very high. Do we have, do we have an idea that they're being more reasonable from the Truba side, or is it still a, a gargantuan ask? You know, I think that the, I don't, I mean, I'm not in the room. I don't feel as though the ask is going to be too incredibly high. I mean, he can't get more than Seth Jones. He's not as good of a defenseman as as Seth Jones. So that's your upper limit right there. When uh, when uh, uh, Columbus got that contract done with Seth Jones, that sort of established that at that point in time. Right now, Jacob, the problem for the Jets is the Jets have three very good right-side defensemen. they got Dustin Bufflin, who they obviously made the long-term uh, agreement with during the season last year. They have Tyler Myers, who they acquired from Evander Kane, uh, acquired from Buffalo, rather, for Evander Kane, and they have Jacob Truba. Jacob Truba doesn't want to be the third-pairing right-side defenseman playing with Mark Stewart. Uh, you know, that's what the role he's played for the last, uh, most of last year, played the majority of his minutes with Mark Stewart. He doesn't want to play that role anymore. He wants to either play a more prominent right-side role or if he has to switch to the left side, I think that's something he's willing to do. But he just doesn't want to be saddled with uh, – he wants the responsibility. And I think Jets fans should you know, like that he wants to embrace the opportunity. But at the same time, this is a negotiation, and Jacob Truba's agent, Kurt Overhart, is, a, is known for uh, driving a very hard bargain for his clients. Ryan Johansson, a former client – of course, of Kurt Overhart, and we know that that situation uh, turned pretty sour pretty quickly in Columbus, and now uh, Ryan Johansson's in uh, in Nashville. The from an outsider's point of view, I I, I look at the Jets' right defense as a, an opportunity for a team like Edmonton, and I'll tell you why. The as good as Truba is, they have Myers and Bufflin, and and, and I'm sure he is the future in Winnipeg, and I'm absolutely certain they'll sign him. That said. Uh, do you feel as though there's any chance they would trade him, or do you think they will, even if they have to end up playing him on the left side or, or playing him in a tandem with, with Bufflin, they'll they'll use him uh, in a more feature role than third, third defensive pairing? 
I think the trade is the least likely option right now. That being said, if the situation uh, devolves between the player and the team, it's certainly not off the table. I think right now both sides are focused on getting a, an agreement done. I think the Jets, if you look at their just the way that their defense lines up, right now there's a hole on the left side. Now, it's not simple and it's not easy for a right-side defenseman to have to go play the left side, but when Jacob Truba did it last year, and he did it for a period of time playing with Bufflin, he was okay. He was, I mean, he wasn't fantastic. He wasn't overwhelming, but he was okay. So right now, you know, I pretty sure Jets Brain Trust, you know, when they get him under contract, assuming that it happens, they're going to play him on the left side rather than playing him in a third, you know, on a third-pairing right-side role, simply because it's not a good enough use of his skill set. I mean, he, this is a guy, Jacob Truba, you know, former top 10 pick. He's, he's a guy who should be playing 23, 24, 25 minutes a game. Young, he, he can be a horse on the back end. And so if the Jets, you know, with Enstrom and with Truba on your left side and with Bufflin and with Myers on your right side, well, if those four players can gobble up, you know, between 45 to 50 minutes a game uh, of your defensive ice time, it doesn't overwhelmingly matter who your third pairing is because they're going to be playing so sparingly. Drew Mandel from Illegal Curve is our guest on All Sports Weekend on TSN 1260 at 226. Uh, we have a Woodcroft in uh, Edmonton, uh, and now Winnipeg has a Woodcroft, uh, and and Todd Woodcroft has been hired by the Jets. Uh, talking about coaches is sometimes difficult because we don't really know what they do. Clearly, mm-hmm. these are very smart young uh, uh, coaches because they've risen quickly. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Jets went out and, you know, they targeted him as somebody who can come in and help their organization. I mean, you know, Pascal Vincent, who was a an assistant coach for the Jets for the last number of years, has moved on from the Jets organization. Well, not from the Jets organization, but from the, from the NHL side of things. He's now the head coach of the AHL's Manitoba Moose. So same organization, just different role now as the head coach in the AHL. So there was uh, uh, obviously a position available that the Jets decided that they wanted to fill with uh, with Woodcroft as their uh, as their as, as an assistant head coach. What role he's going to fill, what you know exactly how that's going to play out, I think still to be seen. But Paul Maurice, uh, you know, still got Charlie Huddy, who's been here since day one when the team came back. Uh, you know, Paul Maurice obviously thinks that he can bring something to their uh, coaching staff, and we'll see. I mean, a lot of pressure on. You know, I don't know if there's a lot of pressure on Paul Maurice necessarily, but he does have to get off to a good start because expectations for this Jets team are higher. Uh, certainly it was a disappointing year last year, but then they go out and they win second overall in the draft lottery. They get Patrick Laine. Kyle Connor makes the jump from the NCAA, where he probably should have been the Hobie Baker winner as he was the best player in college and another former first-round pick. So the Jets, all these pieces seem to be coming together. Now it's Paul Maurice's job to you know, mold them into a functioning unit. I always look at the way the Jets have built their team since coming back from Atlanta as being – uh, sort of the New Jersey Devils template: draft really well, give yep. up your own picks like like never. Uh, make sure that you're absolutely certain about a player before you send him away. Uh, and if he does bolt like Burmistrov, just be patient and wait for them to come back to you. Is that fair? Oh, it certainly is fair. I mean, the patience that Kevin Dayoff has demonstrated is. Uh, uh, sort of, it's it's relatively legendary. A lot of people would say that he's been uh, too patient in some instances. I mean, the only really significant move that this team has made 
uh, you know, in terms of trading a player off their active roster was the Evander Kane deal, and that his hand was almost forced there when the players themselves uh, took matters into their own hands and pretty much threw Evander Kane out of the locker room after the tracksuit incident in Vancouver. Andrew Ladd, of course, was the captain. He went on his his way with the trade right at the deadline there when it seemed apparent the team and, and Ladd weren't able to come to a contract agreement. But Kevin Shoveldayoff has certainly been methodical in the way he has built this uh, team since he came over from Atlanta. And they now have a relative abundant, uh, abundance of young prospects. And, you know, no matter what you talk about, draft and develop and everything else, when you win the draft lottery and when you move up from number six to number two to draft Patrick Laine, who most any other year might be the first overall pick, it changes the shape of your franchise. And the Jets hope that it changes the shape of your franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. Dale fleeced Buffalo, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, you take away all the off-ice distractions from the head coach on August on August 13th. They might have it in place by the time training camp starts. Are they getting the best head coach possible? Probably not, because they would have been more active in looking at some of the hot up-and-coming coaches earlier in the year. Now they're behind the eight ball at the start of the season. From the Jets' perspective, they're okay with that. They're in the same division, so if your division opponent is weakened, you're happy with that. But the timing of this really does stink, and you know it'll be interesting to see. You know, Patrick Waugh and Joe Sackick said all the right things about, oh, this won't affect our friendship, this won't affect our relationship. I'm going to call a little bit of BS on that. There's no way that this uh, won't uh, strain the relationship for at least uh, a little while here. Good stuff. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Alan. Thanks very much. All right. Drew Mandel from Illegal Curve, and a cast of hundreds helped him with that interview. Well done. Dogs. They, you know, they're dogs. Wasn't even very loud, really. And he had two dogs there. And an 11-month-old and his wife making sure that everything worked. That's teamwork, baby. Um, Yes, a metal alert. This is... uh, by uh, uh, CBC Olympics, Canada wins bronze in women's track cycling team pursuit. Well done. Oh, Canada, number 11. Ladies, has, ladies are just dominating. Man, it's, it's outstanding. Oh, it's great. Love it. And TSN 1260 is the official radio affiliate of the 2016 Rio Summer Games. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. On my week off, I was watching. Oh, yeah. Lots. Lots. Question for you via the text machine from 600. Would Sakara Meyer swap make sense for either team? Well, it, yes and no. I think from the Winnipeg thing, uh, point of view, they really like Myers. Oh, yeah. Uh, from from the Edmonton point of view, they like Sakara. They Edmonton has Clefbaum. They have Davidson who can play on the left side. Nurse coming up, Reinhardt. So it makes sense from the Edmonton side. From the Winnipeg side, I think they do want a left-hander. But I don't know which of those three. Bufflin, Myers, Truba, who do you trade? God, they're all really good. If if I was uh, running that team, for me, it'd be Truba and Bufflin. How about for you? Keep, you yeah, keep? oh, yeah. Well, I like Myers a lot. So I like Myers, too, but if I had to pick two. I, the reason I keep Trib is he's the future. He's yeah. young, and he's going to be good for a long time. Bufflin, I don't move, so I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Bufflin might be the most unique player in the NHL, and that's saying something, but he's like, he's he is a 
Did you see what he did to Brandon Davidson? <laughs> yeah. I was so mad at him. And I liked Dustin Bufflin. I was yelling at my television, calling him names. He never said a word. Um, how about a professional for next NHL season in honor of off-season, what off-season prediction? Because I will die soon with no hockey from fake Steve. All right. So I'm going to give you a prediction. Hernan, you can write this down. Okay. This is where the autos are going to finish. You ready? Ready. 11th in the West. So they'll beat three teams in the West. And 23rd overall. Ooh, that's horrible. Well, they haven't improved enough. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they'll be sellers at the deadline. I, I'm just telling you. I, but I we've wish dis- they have. We've discussed this, though. Like, Isn't it like, don't they have to make a bigger step than that? Well, then you have to go out and get some more. You yeah. know, they, their their backup goalie is meh. They're, yeah. I like Larson. I think that has improved their defense. And I like Lucic. I'm a big Lucic fan. I just think they need more. They're 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 now going to rely on Leon Dreisaitl to to push a line. Uh, they have Everly on the right side, but who's their second line right winger if it's yeah. not Leon? Yeah, because so. then you're you're counting on a rookie. Now, a question for you. Uh, I saw it today earlier today. Vermette's taking offers from five teams. If you're the Oilers, will you, are you interested in Antoine well, Vermette? He'd, he'd be good third line center. He's oh, yeah. left handed, but I, I do like Vermette, and he is a veteran guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably wouldn't cost a lot. I, I, you know, I would not be shocked to my shoes to find out after the fact that Vermit, and I guess he's making his decision Monday. Yeah, uh, that he at least considered the Oilers. They're an upcoming team, you know. And the McDavid factor, of course. Well, that's not bad, you know. <laughs> I mean, the 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 Lucic ad, you know, that to me, like since Peter Shirelli arrived, and he arrived on the heels of the McDavid, not the announcement, but they won the lottery. Uh, his free agent dollars have been spent on Sekera. Sekera's a good NHL defenseman, top four guy. Letestu, fourth line center. Played too high last year. That's not his fault. Never blame the player. Unless it's Sean Horkoff, then everybody blamed him anyway. <laughs> I was the one guy standing yeah. saying, why are you blaming Sean Horkoff? You know? Still can't get over the fact that people got mad at him for doing what to do. The, the question is, Al, if Dreisaitl struggles at the center position, then you got to move the Testo up to the three where I think that's too high for him. And then you got to bring in a Lander or a, a, well, a Kera. I'll tell you, Lander is hanging by a thread on the Exactly. Roster. So I, I, no, I don't think you can count on Lander. I'd go hard after Vermet. I think Lander might lose his job to Jujar Kara. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they like the big heavy guys. And, and Lander, I like Anton Lander. I just worry about him on this roster. Yeah. Have we talked too long? Yeah, but that's okay. All right. On the way, Jimmy Morrison will join us. We're going to talk about the Edmonton Prospects. They're playing tonight. It's a big game, and it's here. This is All Sports Weekend on TSN 1260. You're listening to All Sports Weekend with Mark Majot on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. It's 2.46. It's Alan Mitchell sitting in for Majot, who's back next Saturday. Unnecessary time off. It's a wedding. So he'll be having a good time. Do we know what time the wedding is? <laughs> no, I don't. It, guys, we don't. It's like, yeah, he's gone. He's yeah. done. You know, don't call him. <laughs> he's at a wedding. You know, it's like, I don't know what it is. I was late for my own wedding. Did I tell you that? No, you no, didn't. We got... <laughs> 
we were we were we had two cars we had two cars that we had to decorate and we had to get into the beer a little and damned if we didn't end up being late oh well there you go all right uh, 2.46, don't be late tonight. The Edmonton Prospects beat Medicine Hat, and then they went right away to play Swift Current, uh, and I think it caught them off guard a little bit, so they're down 0-2 in the series. But big game tonight at the ballpark at 7 o'clock, and joining us to talk about it now is Jimmy Morrison. Jimmy, how are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. This is uh, this is pretty cool, I have to say. Now, l- let's let's go back, if we can, to talk about the Medicine Hat series because, you know, following the prospects since the beginning, for, for them to be where they are now from the beginning, which was a tough first year for them, that, that is a great accomplishment for this organization. Yeah, absolutely. When we clinched that fourth seed in the division, no one kind of gave us a chance going into the playoffs. Uh, and then we beat uh, Okotoks, the top seed, in four games uh, out of the best of five. And then in the second round against Medicine Hat, once again, uh, no love. Uh, we showed the world uh, in five hard-fought games. Uh, and uh, you know what? They're just playing a lot of ball. This will be the 10th game in 11 nights for this squad tonight. Yeah. It does seem like to me that the, I was surprised. Like you know, there's always the, there's a sort of a pace to a playoff, and it felt like you 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 beat Medicine Hat, and then you were in Swift Current the next night. Yeah, next night no rest. Uh, we did get one night off in that Medicine Hat series, and it was due to bad weather in Game Five uh, in Medicine Hat. So they had one night off, and then they got right back at it. The boys came back straight after Game Five, uh, got in about five in the morning, and then headed straight to Swift Current. Now, the big third game is uh, to obviously down 0-2. Uh, uh, what, what went wrong or what went right for Swift Current in the first two games? Well, you know what? I'll be honest. I don't think anything has gone wrong. Just a break here and there for Swift Current. Uh, Swift Current has not lost in the playoffs yet this year. They're 8-0. and uh, They swept both their opponents in the first and second round. Last night, it was a 2-1 game. Uh, Noah Gap uh, uh, went eight innings. He struck out 11. Uh, gave them every chance in the world. Uh, but Bobby St. Pierre pitched another great game for uh, the Indians. So we'll see tonight. Uh, Zabrowski should get the call, I think, tonight. Uh, he hasn't gone since game five uh, in the last series. So 3 0 and 2 1, those are close games to lose. Uh, so maybe some home cooking is what, what's required here. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, the pitching, every game in the playoff has given this team a chance to win, which is huge. The bats just need to step up. Uh, home crowd tonight, some home cooking. We're expecting a good crowd tonight, and we want to force game four tomorrow, which would be at 205 down at the Diamond. Okay, so here's the deal for tonight for folks who haven't gone down for a while. Uh, 705 start, obviously, if the Paul Park hasn't moved in the last 100 years, so we know where it is. Uh, tickets are available, what, 90 minutes before the game? Yeah, absolutely. And Al, I should mention, too, uh, if for some reason you can't get down to the ballpark and you still want to cheer them on, uh, go on to the team website, uh, prospectsbaseball.com. Uh, you can listen online to the Watch Live, listen to me, do the call of the game, and uh, support them that way too because uh, it's great ball. Uh, these kids are giving their all, and uh, there's just something about this team this year. Which is special. Well, for me, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I sort of have been aware of the prospects even before they were the prospects. I talked to, I'd sit in Patrick Cassidy's office a little bit, and he had a dream, and it sort of came through. But it was, it was very difficult early days. I, I think that the, those of us who've kind of followed this team from from day one through through now, uh, we're we're just 
we're thrilled to see it because I think there's a lot of hard work done and, and on the field in the city like Edmonton that loves its baseball but hasn't had a lot to cheer for in baseball for a while. This is going to be a great night. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this year when they got past the first round, that was the first time in team history they've gone past the first round. A um, lot of local kids to cheer for, the Tony Olsons, the Derek Sheddens, uh, the Noah Gaps. Uh, these kids are local kids, and uh, it's great to cheer on, especially we have some great ball players uh, in the Edmonton and surrounding area. And it's a beautiful ballpark and a great night. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, we'll see early on if this team's uh, on their game. They're, they manufacture runs. They play a lot of small ball. Uh, a lot of teams aren't used to that turf in the infield, uh, which can be used to our benefit uh, with the small ball. Uh, and then, as I said, the pitching's been there all playoffs as well. Good stuff. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Jimmy Morrison from the Edmonton Prospects. You can listen to uh, the game uh, via the website, or you can head down. Tell us feel. Love that park. You know how many nights I spent just kind of letting the sun shine down and and warm me, and I might have had a beer in my hand. I might have. <laughs> might have. At that time. Um, and my kids... You know, they loved Homer. They gave him hugs when they were little. Love that park. That is one of the uh, my favorite parts of this city. And a great game tonight. Looking forward to it. Hopefully they'll win. To force game two tomorrow. Or game four, I'm sorry, tomorrow. By the way, tickets available 90 minutes before the game. So head down there at 5.30-ish. Enjoy yourself. It's going to be a great night tonight. Very nice weather, I'm sure. Um, 11th in the West, bah, I'll go 9th in the West and 19th overall, uh, bubbling out in the last 10 games or so. I think a fully healthy Oilers roster behind McDavid is an unknown quantity in the NHL and we'll shoot for top five and six in the West and top two in the Pacific around December. After that injuries, rookie fatigue to set in and we'll drop out. That's from fake Steve. Well, I hope so. One thing I'll say is the Oilers have not had a lot of luck. In the last couple of years, injuries killed them a year ago. But you know what, Al? They're going to a new new arena. Uh, I think the all that bad luck, all that bad stuff that's happened to this team in the last ten years, injuries, it's all gonna well, stop. Gregor used to talk about they needed to go in and have like a seance or something and but clean everything out. And they should have used the pine saw and yeah. you know, I mean, maybe the new building, all the <laughs> new air in the lungs, you know, exactly jumping jacks. Remember when you were a kid and the teacher thought you were too sleepy and you had to stand up by your desk and do jumping jacks. Maybe that's what this new arena will do. And then just, you know, their schedule, because I think by the time March rolls around, their road schedule is pretty much done. So, I mean, they got to start fast. They had a schedule from hell a year ago. Remember yeah. they were on the road for four games at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. They lost to St. Louis. They lost all four of those games. And it, they never got on track, really. They were, they that whoever signed off on that schedule should be <laughs> shot into the moon. That was a or the sun even better because it's hotter. Uh, that was a bad schedule they had a year ago. Much better schedule this year. My man Bruce McCurdy told me, and and when he's not staring at the sky at three in the morning, he <laughs> he knows that stuff. So there you go. We got one here says you guys think McDavid won't be injured at the World Cup? Stop it! No. What? Who said that? <laughs> The five two nine. <laughs> Stop it! Shaking my fist, old man yells at cloud five two nine. All right, Lowell Ulrich from TSN ten forty on the way next. We'll talk to CFL. This is all sports weekend on TSN twelve sixty.